there, Grant. <clears throat> that sure was pretty, man. Thank you. So, all right, everybody, this is uh, James A. Willis, Reed's Fretboard Journal, and I'm glad y'all could all join us here again. I've got my good friend, old one of my oldest friends in, in Nashville, Tennessee, Mr. Grant Johnson, with us today. Howdy. That's Grant Big Smokey Johnson, if you uh, if you know. And now uh, I'm going to cut right to the chase because, Grant, you're down here at the Double Triple Secret Studio on Tybee Island. And I know you like to join me down here on Tybee sometimes with the Lady Smokey, me and Monica. That's true. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lots of fun. <clears throat> yeah. Even uh, even at the Korean bakery. Oh, look, at, you know, that I knew that was going to come. That was tough. <laughs> that's that's going to be with me for a while. We yeah, we kind of we're not going to mention any names, but we we I talked I took Grant to a uh, Korean bakery and they didn't they didn't actually have any baked goods. <laughs> they had a piece of cake and the coffee took about. What do you think? 25 minutes? 25 minutes for maybe the worst coffee I've had oh, in my adult life. Yeah. And then, of course, it had been raining a little bit down here on Tybee Island, and uh, I decided I'd try to catch a second in the Jeep, and I think I might have <laughs> ruined Grant's beautiful sweatshirt <clears throat> because, uh, yeah, it's hard to catch a second. It's got to be pretty greasy to catch a second in a Jeep if you have any treads and <laughs> yeah, I kind of missed it. So now here, here's what's going on, folks. Um, we got, I'm, we're, I'm digging deep, man, digging deep into the fretboard journal archive today with issue number five. Okay. Now that's way, way back. And it's got Tony Rice and his Holy Grail Martin on the front. Now, Grant sitting here with a beautiful D18. Right. And mm-hmm. I know I've got a HD28 in tow and we've been having some fun with that. Yeah. But you actually, wrote an article in the magazine. I did. Yes. I did. You did. Yeah. Um, uh, Jason uh, and I have been uh, uh, acquainted for a long while and friends. And uh, and, uh, and Jason, Jay, I'm sorry to bend the spine of your book. Jason's a publisher. Yeah, Jason Verlindi. Yeah. 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 And that's, <clears throat> and it's not, it's not one of the reasons, but I am happy that you are friends with Jason because I think, again, it's just going to cut down on the lawsuit, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, sure, <laughs> it'll it'll help to ease the pain if he starts hearing his friends on here. So, but yeah, and I'm looking at this thing, and and I, you know, it's funny. I opened it up, and it's called Music City Diary. And I know you guys can get a hold of most of these. These I think people can can order these older fretboard journals. Some of them are very rare. Yeah. Um, like the first year, I think are uh, they're all sold hard, out, and uh, they go for pretty good money on eBay. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that, that one, uh, that one, I think in particular, not, not for my article on myself, of course, but, uh, but the, uh, the, the Tony Rice going in depth about the uh, Clarence D28 there is a pretty amazing, amazing tale for yeah, sure. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's a great article on one of my Telecaster heroes, Bill Kirchin, who's perhaps one of my very favorite tally pickers of all time. Now, see what I'm going to get around to that the the the, the telly stuff because you know, excuse all this racket here. I'm just adjusting. That's the wind picking up outside. <laughs> we're lucky. We could, we're <clears throat> potentially moments away from. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be a normal James A. Willis reads fretboard journal if you couldn't hear a storm raging outside or a train <laughs> or something. So, um, but anyway, the picture in the article that you wrote is 
man, that's the big Smokey I remember from. Yeah, when, when we I, first met. Yeah, when I first came. So I guess you had been in Nashville for not a, a super long time before I got there. Um, I, we we moved there in two thousand six, and I think that article was, um, just was that two thousand seven. Uh, it's, I think it says over on the left top. 2007. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'd been there for a while. Um, uh, I think you were there you know, for a while. I, I, I left, I left Seattle, my hometown um, with, uh, with the express interest of, of seeing if I can make a go after being a kind of a semi-professional and or weekend warrior musician for a big chunk of my life, mostly playing bluegrass and country. See if, see what I could do down there. You know, I, I felt like I'd, I'd, I'd developed a little decent name for myself in the Western Washington region for play, picking country and picking bluegrass. And, uh, and, uh, I was ready for a new adventure and, uh, I, I, my, my, my day work has always been, uh, wine related. Um, uh, uh, I wine a lot too, but yeah, me too. <laughs> Especially if the coffee's bad and the only baked goods are chocolate oh, cake. God. Oh, I'm never, it's going to be rough guys. <laughs> I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be suffering from that. Oh boy. But, um, try to do something the, long, nice. the long story short, <laughs> <laughs> the long story short of it is, is my wife and I moved to Nashville in, uh, in the, in the spring. That's Lady Smokey. Lady Smokey. Lady uh, Smokey's with the word girl right now. Yeah. yeah they're having a good old time. Yeah. They have a good time together. Yeah. And, uh, with the express idea that I would try to do what I could to, uh, see if I could make a living and making music my primary, my primary source of, uh, of, of, of revenue generation. Yeah. And actually I was, I was fortunate enough to have it last for a good long time. And, uh, now I kind of divide my time between like part-time wine and part-time music and, yeah. And, uh, but, uh, yeah. but anyway, that was, Jason was very interested in, in the, the story of a guy kind of, you know, leaving a pretty decent job and, and yeah. chucking it away to do what they loved as opposed to doing yeah. what they know could earn a, yeah. de- a decent income. Well, yeah, yeah. too. And because you're not just hitting the road as a kid either. I mean, yeah, when I did you it, hit I, the road, yeah. I did it. <clears throat> I did it probably about 15 to 20 years later than most folks would do well, it in yeah, their lives. One of the things I, I tell people about Nashville, because, you know, I live in New York and, and Nashville. And, but because people hold the older musicians in such, high regard. I feel like that it takes a lot of the ageism out of the whole vibe in Nashville. So, I mean, you can look, if you're kicking it, it doesn't, nobody's going to go like, Oh, dude, you know, if you're playing punk rock music in Seattle and you're 40 or 45 or something, you know, I mean, it's going to, it's going to be part of your stick. That's but Nashville doesn't, doesn't have that, you know, case in point. Um, one of my favorite gigs that I get occasionally is this with this gal named Emily Nenny, who's a great, honky tonk singer and she's probably in her mid twenties and her band generally somewhere is between, you know, 25 and 70, depending on who's sharing your, who you're sharing the stage with. And that's awesome. Yeah. That that is cool. That is cool. And uh, maybe Nashville's always been that way. I don't know. I've, I've always found that way. I've been generally speaking, I usually, you know, there's always guys that are a bunch younger than me who I'm playing with or a bunch older. I'm kind of the middle guy. Well, it's funny that when I'm looking at this article, I and you guys are just going to have to read it. I mean, this may be one I'll read. I don't know. Maybe I'll sing it. Maybe I'll sing it later. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, and uh, 
But the picture, I think, isn't that Chris Scruggs in this picture with you right here? Yeah, that's yeah. Um, um, I my first gig in Nashville was on Wednesday nights playing with this gal named Jen Jones, and she had some great pickers playing behind her. Yeah. And people now in Nashville that are held in pretty high regard. Yeah. Pick kinda, her. Yeah. Um, you know, Chris Scruggs would play steel a lot. I'd play guitar. Sometimes he would play guitar and I'd play steel. Um, his steel chops are yeah. fundamentally insane. I, and I, and you know, I haven't heard him play steel as many times think, as I think I've heard was, him front. Was John Radford playing drums in that picture? Uh, I can't see the drummer. Um, he's hidden. But, uh, yeah. you know, he's a fantastic drummer and he's in high regard. He plays in that band Steelism. He does all sorts of stuff for all sorts of people. And he's, in, you know, highly, highly sought after drummer in town now. You know? Yeah. And, and I like your steel and I've heard you play all sorts of different stuff and across the board. But I always there's there's something about it when you've got that telly out. And you're kind of getting that, I guess that's that Bakersfield sound. That's generally my my forte on a telly. That's the big smoky I think of. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right. Now, Grant, welcome back. Thank you. So uh, I'm going to go ahead. Should I just tell everybody what happened? It's almost too painful to talk about. It is painful, but I feel like I should let them know that Grant and I just had at least a, I don't know, 45 minutes (laughs) worth of... Wonderful conversation. <laughs> no, don't cry, don't cry. But uh, but yeah, you know, I joke around about hitting buttons sometimes, and uh, well, I hit one, and it's all gone. So anyway, we're back. <laughs> Luckily, he's, again, he's staying with me, so he's kind of stuck. I really have nowhere else to go. Yeah, that's it. Literally, he's, he's stuck. He's stuck. But uh, uh, what I was, uh, what I have asked you before, and what I'm going to ask you again now is, is when I first met you, mm-hmm. you were down on Broadway. Yeah. And you were playing with Sarah Gail Meach. Love Sarah, yeah. Sarah Gail Meach. Yeah. She's yeah. great. And y'all were killing it. You had Jared Jared Manzo on bass. Mm-hmm. I think I took y'all to lunch or something one we time. We did. We uh, we went to Jamaica Way, which yeah. is uh, that killer Jamaican three meet and three over yeah. in uh, the farmers market. Yeah, because you know there's a I found an old picture of that day. That was awesome. That somebody had taken. I think I had on like a three piece suit or something. <laughs> <laughs> You were kind of going through a vest phase. No, I did. At that I still, time. I you were, you were going no, through. I, a, love, I remember I, that your I, vest phase. I, I still love vest. You I know? refer to that as your vest yeah. phase, but but more than more than your usual vest. Like a lot of times, I'll see you wearing like a work shirt and some jeans yeah. and stuff. But you were it was vest. not without your vest very often. You know, some it's kind of it was my security blanket. Well, it was a good looking. You yeah. work a vest well. Like well, I, myself, I don't do a vest that well. I, yeah, so. I, I do. I, I I enjoy the vest. It's. Uh, it's it's uh, it's one of my favorite things. Um, so now, listen, who else? Uh, you played with some other. Since then, you played with some other really cool cats. You yeah. played with John Langford. John Langford played, uh, played a little uh, before he got big with Sturgill Simpson. Right. You know, there's a little fun fact that uh, Margot Price, uh, her first gig as Margot in the Price Tags, I played steel guitar on that gig. You know, that's, a, that's and it was just a one off, but it was lots of fun. She's a sweetheart. She's great. I've always liked her music. I mean, she's really blown up like, yeah, like huge, old school. Huge. Blown yeah. Up, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she's it's deserved. She, yeah. I mean, those songs are great. Her voice is great. Her band stellar. The, the whole thing about her is great. Yeah. Uh, her husband, Jeremy, writes some amazing songs as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've never met her. She's a she's a know, great person. I know really most nice. of the other yeah. uh, the Nashville, the ladies of Nashville. I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of them. But not not Margot. I have to uh, I have to uh, I have to do that. You know, now, of course, I'm totally paranoid. I'm glancing over at the record. That's good. Maybe it's a good call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. I think it's I think it's recording now. So. <laughs> yeah. 
Listen, you know, I mean, I never claimed to be a brilliant technician. Well, I might have claimed it, but (laughs) so now, you know, I you've you played us in a beautiful intro Mm -hmm. on this on this lovely Martin D18 here. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't talked about we've talked about it. If you feel like you're having deja vu it's because we've talked about (laughs) it. We get to talk about it again. Yeah. yeah. But the great thing is, right. I got to tell you guys, after this podcast was over. And I don't know if any of you have ever seen my business card, but you know I'm actually a time traveler, so I knew this was going to happen. But uh, but right after the podcast was over, we we actually realized there were a few things we wanted to talk about. And now this one, I can tell, is already Grant's very restless. <laughs> and there's no telling what's going to happen. But anyway, this guitar, we talked about it, but I want to talk about it again. It's got a great... You've got a hold of this. How long have you had this? About three years. Yeah. Um, there's a uh, local uh, luthier um, guitar repairman, um, amazing flat picker, a guy named Adam Wright. In fact, he was a uh, he's a national flat picking champion, um, uh, all around great guy, um, incredibly knowledgeable on acoustic guitars. Um, he knew that I was in the hunt for a for an eighteen, um, and particularly maybe if we could find one at a, at a reasonable price, a, a D eighteen GE, which is the Golden Era series. Which so basically this is a like a basically a direct, pretty close to direct copy of a um, of a nineteen thirty four D eighteen. Wow. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's some differences. I don't think they had um, truss rods back in nineteen thirty four. Right. Yet. Um, but uh, but it's got a big neck, which I love. It's got a big V. Um, uh, I wasn't looking for a uh, a sunburst. It's a sunburst one, which are a little more desirable. But I wasn't looking for one. I more generally speaking like the the classic clear top. But this one has really grown on me. This d- nice d- dark sunburst. <clears throat> yeah, and it's really it's 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 a very dark sunburst yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. Like at first glance, I mean, it's it's a guitar that's got a. It's got a unique vibe to it. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty. It's pretty beat. There's a couple cracks in the mahogany on the sides that uh, that uh, haven't really um, grown, so I haven't taken care of them or done anything about them. But I, if they, you know, they're at a point where they're they're hitting um, supports, so uh, doesn't look like I need to do anything about them. I'll keep an eye on them. Yeah, but uh, it's uh, it just hits all the bases. After owning a, a D28 for about 20 years. I always wanted an 18, and um, my 28 was a great guitar. It's just the neck had grown too small for me. I was ready for something new. My dad was an 18 player; he had a D18, so um, it was a it was kind of a natural for me to to, to find an 18 that I fell in love I, with. I, I don't know why I feel like I know this, but I feel like I know that there's a little there's a little there's a little extra secret to this one, right? I mean, this one has a secret. Yeah. When uh, when I bought, I mean, I don't know. I might you may have told me this before. I may have, but I don't remember. So like, I'll tell you again. Okay, yeah. yeah, like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> um, Adam, when he when he found the guitar for me, he had it in his shop, and he had the strings off of it, and and he was taking care of getting a really nice setup done on the guitar for me. He's a great setup guy. Um, and we were talking about it, and he basically stuck a chunk of mirror down in the guitar. Um, and he does that as a matter of course, because he's looking for cracks, flaws, things that might be a problem. Right. In the guitar. Is this before you bought it or after? Well, he found it. So he was, he was facilitating the deal. Yeah. It was right at the point where I was buying it. Yeah. He, he facilitated the deal. It was actually on sale for someone else, but he facilitated, he was the facilitator. Yeah. Plus he was taking a little cut and he was doing, giving me a great setup on the guitar and that sort of thing. 
So he put the mirror down in there, right down below the hole, and he shown a, sh- you know, took a pen light and turned it on. And lo and behold, <clears throat> the underneath of the top has C.F. Martin's pencil signature on this, on the top of the guitar, on yeah. the underside of the top. And um, the the Martin rumor has it that he only signed tops that he was really, really impressed with, this tone or the look of them. And uh, he signs <clears throat> of this this particular model, he signs the paper, the, um, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the, yeah. the model identification yeah, yeah. paper that's in the guitar. Yeah, I can in. see that. Y'all can't. Um, but he also, in pencil, signed the underside of the top on this guitar, which... He doesn't normally do. Yeah. So this guitar, and Adam said that 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 means that the the top on this guitar was considered a very special top. That he liked it. Yeah. Yeah. That's and I'm good. I'm over the moon about this guitar. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I'll ever. Well, this it. will be the one that I think. You know, I've said that about other guitars, but that's your that's your number one. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. Um, this is probably the guitar I play the most. I don't play it the most out because most of my gigs are either electric or dobro in a bluegrass band. But uh, this is the guitar that by far gets the most play for yeah. me. And you've got 13s on it. I love 13s. Yeah. yeah. They're great for finger picking, flat picking. Yeah. I think they bring out the tone of the guitar. You know, they, you know, it's not a bender's guitar. It's a, it's a flat pickers and a finger right. pickers guitar. I barely been, ever bend a string on this guitar. Right. Right. And, and I know <clears throat> here in the house, I have, uh, or here at the Triple Secret Studio on Tybee, I have the HD 28 right now which has 12s on it and uh but boy there's a huge difference in the sound yeah. of those two yeah and i think a lot of that's got to do though with the that hd28 hadn't been played a lot lately and no i think it needs it's warming up a little even these martins a, from yeah. from a brand new martin to a 20 year old martin to a 60 yeah. year old martin yeah. you gotta play them i'm yeah. having deja vu <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. We we we've, we've yeah. had this conversation, but know, yeah. but honestly, yeah. uh, with yeah. Martins, I honestly think that um, you know um, the more they're played, the better they end up sounding. There's those old adage about them, and I I think it rings true. Um, I I notice it even when I'm just picking it up for the first time in the day. If I have friends coming over to flat pick with me, that uh, after about 20 minutes of play, if I'm running through some flat flat picking numbers. Or some finger picking numbers, the guitar really wakes up and the notes start to bloom. I don't have to work as hard to get that tone out of it. Right. Um, and it just, you can hear a little bump up in the volume you know, and is, the sustain of is, the guitar. Is humidity ever a factor in Nashville for you? I mean, it's relatively well, humid. Play. It doesn't get super dry there, right? I it's mean, a, you know, we're in a humid part of the country, but in the, in the winter, it does get quite dry. Yeah. And if you think about the inside of your house uh, with your heater on for, you know, a good chunk of, you know, in, in, in Nashville, you can attest that we generally have to have the heater on from about mid December to about mid March. Yeah. You know? Um, so there's about two to three months out of the year that we definitely, definitely have to have the heater on that yeah. really dries out the inside of your house. Yeah. Like this is not a guitar that sits on a stand out in the, right. living, in the bedroom it, or well, living room. It, it, it sits in its case until I'm ready to play it. Well, you know, you in know. New York, up in New York city, and I know you've stayed at my place in New York city. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't know. I don't even, I don't know if we'll talk about the suit of armor again, this pass around, but you've stayed in my, you've stayed in my place in New York city and they have the, uh, you suit know, of the, armor. Yeah. Well, they, no, they have the, uh, I have a suit of armor in New York city. James has a suit of armor. I can attest to this. <laughs> and it it's fits. a full size suit of armor. And it's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we have these heaters, uh, and and they uh, you know steam heat it the comes radiators up. yeah the radiators and it just dries the air out I mean I've I've actually come home after we've been on the road for a while and and found mummies oh yeah in the 
in the yeah in the apartment yeah because they're yeah. very attracted to that environment yeah yeah mummified remains yeah yeah oh so, sure yes yeah, it's, it's weird that's just one of those little New York quirks but uh, <laughs> where are we going to go from there I don't know yeah, I, I'm done yeah that's <laughs> tough right you know what we can do <clears throat> this time around and guys you know again I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat a dead horse but we really had some really in-depth guitar talk earlier. But now I think we're going to talk about, you know, J- let's talk about Jason a little bit. From Jason Verlindy. Yeah. So I know you were saying, now I had a Ford F-150 in New York City, Super Crew. And when I bought it, when I drove it off the lot, the guy told me I was the only guy he had sold an F-150 to that year who didn't put commercial plates on the, on wow. the truck. Yeah. Um, and it was not a hit at my house. My kids, you know, so like if I basically could have been driving a dead whale around t- town. Well, you were. I mean, it was, it was, <laughs> you were the automotive, my kids it is like, the automotive equivalent yeah, to a dead whale. Yeah. My kids were like, dad, do you have to pick me up in the dead whale? <clears throat> but, but now you told me that you, you also had an F-150, but you missed <sighs> out on something else. All right, so let's dial back to about 2003 in, in Seattle, Washington. Okay, hang on a second. We're just at 2002. Okay, all right, okay, go 2003, ahead. 2003, I'm just get, get like, me there. Yeah, all right. Okay. Are we there? Yeah, we're there. We're okay, there. good. Well, uh, long story short, um, uh, my wife and I in the early 2000s bought our first home in Seattle, and it was a nice little house, but, it, you know, all, like all little old houses in Seattle, it needed a little work here and there, and I thought I would uh, get myself a larger car, uh, to handle the, uh, the stuff that the house might need. And also I, you know, I had a pension for going away and going surfing on the weekends and going camping and stuff like that. And, uh, I kind of had it to the point where I was looking at a 1995, um, 5.8 liter long bed Ford F-150 or a 1988, uh, Toyota Land Cruiser FJ 52 in fantastic condition, silver, Automatic tranny, uh, which just means my wife can drive it too. Yeah, that's the one that got away. That's the car that got away. And I know that Jason, if you're listening, Jason um, was a longtime <laughs> owner of a uh, FJ62 and a big fan of older four-wheel drives. So anyway, I bought the F-150. Ended up, if I lived in rural Arizona or rural Tennessee or or semi-rural Texas or whatever, I think that I would have really taken to the F-150. But living in a high-density city like Seattle, it was kind of probably my only automotive mistake in my life. Yeah. Not getting that. And and, and I, I would probably still own the FJ-62 today if yeah. I had bought it then. And so Jason is a huge he's a big, he's a big He's a big FJ guy, and he, I think he likes a lot of different... Four wheel drives, you know, James. I know that you're a big four wheel drive fan. You drive well, a Jeep Unlimited yeah. chair, uh, uh, Wrangler. Yeah. And those are beautiful. Yeah. Uh, those are some the, of my the, favorites. The Traveler. The Traveler. It's a great car. Yeah. Uh, Although the Traveler, you know, it needs some. It needs some help now. Then he's got. Yeah. He's kind of. <laughs> he's got some injuries right now that haven't been addressed, and I need to do that. I, we. I broke. I told. I think I might have told you. I, I tried to snatch a. Uh, what do you call it? A front loader, like a. What do you call those things you guys drive around and they lift things in the front? Forklift. Forklift, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tried to snatch a guy. A guy was stuck in one and I snatched him out, but I wasn't quite in gear. And I took a couple of teeth oh. off of that front drive shaft. And uh, we drove it down to Georgia. And boy, you know, it was really getting rattly. And uh, 
I took it to a mechanic buddy of mine, and he reached up under there and gave it a shove, and literally parts rained down. Didn't so. you have to? Did you guys have to we drop just, the whole just front drive shaft? So yeah. you're just it's strictly don't. operating in uh, rear wheel drive, right? I hope nobody hears that from my Jeep community, but yeah, I'm in. I'm in two. I've got a two wheel drive Jeep right now. You know, I had a um, uh, for years. I had a not uh, for long. Not for long. <laughs> for years, I had an early '90s um, uh, uh, Isuzu Trooper, the old boxy. The right. boxy style. The last year, I think it was a 90, was the last year right. they were the old boxy style. And it was a great car. But every once in a while, it um, it had the it didn't have the the actual manual locks oh, yeah. on the front, but right. but you had to switch it back to second two-wheel drive and then reverse back slowly yeah. until the until it disengaged. It disengaged, but sometimes yeah. it would only half engage and right and I'd get started again. And right when I hit 30, oh. all it sounded like a million angry mechanical bees were yeah. swarming around my car. Well, that's because that's what's in those. So I think that it wouldn't disengage, but then I would stop and like usually by two or three times I'd do it. But it always bothered me that I couldn't just get it on the first time. Yeah. And was yeah. it just not disengaging or yeah. Or, I think so. Four yeah. wheel drive talk, but yeah, I loved I loved that old Trooper too. It was like the yeah. poor, it was like the working man's the poor man's Land Cruiser, if you will. You yeah, know? I never, I never, I knew a guy that had a, a souped up one of those that I was afraid to get in. Well, mine mine was nicknamed Tippy. Oh, yeah. Tippy the yeah. Trooper. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think yeah, it has to say something. That one of the I think one of the <laughs> one of the biggest companies offers uh, aftermarket lift uh, equipment for your. Uh, for your Jeep and stuff is actually called never lift. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Disclaimers. Yeah. And I did, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about four wheel drives, but I saw, I saw see every once in a while you see something makes you laugh out loud. And, uh, and there was a guy with a Jeep and he had a, something printed on his windshield and it was upside down. So it took me a second to read it, but it said, if you can read this, roll me over. <laughs> oh yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, but anyway, so now getting back to, I'm actually going to try to move it back towards fretboard journal because we, uh, that's how we met you and I, we, well, we didn't meet, we met that's how downtown. I met, yeah, we met, we met downtown, Jason. but I met Jason years ago. I don't know if Jason remembers it. And and if we've talked about this already, guys, I'm sorry, but you know, my memory's gotten so bad lately. I can hide my own Easter eggs. <laughs> oh. Did you just make that up on the fly? I don't know. I think maybe that's a yeah. good one. Yeah, <clears throat> but anyway, we were, we we went out to the old family wash. Yeah, and I'm so sad that the new family wash is closed because I'm telling you, my dad. De- you know, we've talked a lot about Desert Island. What would your desert Desert Island thing be? Food, and I think it's Shepherd's Pie and Vanilla Ice Cream for me, and that's where I used to always go. The old uh, family wash. I'm gonna go with champagne. Uh, goat cheese and charcuterie. But, you know, you're more sophisticated than me. <laughs> really good French champagne, like some Moet and Chandon yeah. or some yeah. Salon or yeah. Dom Perignon no, or Reinhardt. That's yeah. over my head. Shepherd's pie and, uh, <laughs> Shepherd's pie and uh, vanilla ice cream. Excellent. Yeah. So, but, it, but yeah, we, we met, we, we, we took him out for Shepherd's pie. That's there, right. And yeah. talked guitars. And that, yeah. at that time you were uh, the artist in residence at Gibson and doing I those was, yeah. really cool car, hand carved Gibson. Those, those are some crazy custom ones, models. Yeah. yeah. Those are beautiful guitars. Yeah. I actually think that maybe one of my favorites, didn't you, did you do an SG with kind of a luchadore kind of, or what, which one did oh, you? Oh, that's, that's, that's recent. I just did that for Christy Carter. That was pretty cool. Was yeah. that an SG? I didn't do that for Gibson. Oh. I did that for Christy. It's an SG. But you also did some hand carved. You did, I, did, I remember you did well, the musket 
Les Paul. Well, I did. I did an SG that had uh, uh, the skeleton on the back. That's and it. The, that yeah. was cool. Yeah, but was I, that one of the Edgar Allan Poe ones? That was one of the Edgar Allan. Yeah, Poe. that was cool. But I did the. I did the. Uh, Christie still has that. That that luchador. Nice. One. Nice. I want it back, kinda. That was cool. But yeah, yeah. It was I did it. wasn't as it wasn't well, as big. I did order. a custom truss rod cover for it, and I yeah. changed out the hardware. And then I painted the wrestlers on the case. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of want that one back. That's cool. But I can't afford it now that I've painted on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't seem right, does it? Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Yeah. So, so you would so we talked with Jason about guitars and stuff. And yeah. 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 And now another thing that you and I have in common that, that a lot of people wouldn't know, especially, you know, if you only if you and by the way, I, I don't know. Hopefully, I'm doing everything right. Well, I'm not a technician, you know that, right? <laughs> but I do feel like I sound like I'm in a tin can for some reason. Do I sound good? No, to I you? think it sounds good. We'll, okay. we'll have to listen yeah. to it later. But yeah, but uh, um, you know that you and I both kind of have this watch thing. Oh, I thought we were going to skip watches on the second time. Well, okay, all right. Uh, no, right, that's we, good. No, we're going to skip no, the watch nerds. Yeah. I think we're going to have to have yeah. our own separate blog for watch nerdism. Yeah. Well, the reason that I thought of the the watch, are we also going to skip our little side project too? Are we going to uh, say we could maybe talk about the yeah. new uh, because that's yeah because yeah, that made me think about it because the watch the name of your watch was potentially one of our band names. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The beach band though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which the girls would be in. The squales. The squales, yeah. yeah. Which I think I, how did I pronounce it? I don't even remember. The squales. The squales. It's, it's, I think the Italians, it's an Italian watch. I think it's, right. I think it's uh, called squale, as they <laughs> say in Italy. But I call it the squale. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. But anyway, so, so yeah. So I think, I think Grant and I may be involved in a, in a musical thing. We're going to have to live on Tybee if we have a, if we have a, uh, if we have a beach music band though. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think our other band might be a little bit more cosmopolitan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 Smiths Bluegrass Cover Band. Yeah, yeah. Smith's I can't Bluegrass wait for that. Cover. We're still up in there. We've the actually end. actually started on that one. Yes, yeah, we so. have. I'm very excited about it. Um, Grant's teaching me how to play the guitar real quick, and uh, and then off we go. And you know, a little word of advice to all you young people out there who are thinking about playing the guitar: if you want to take up the guitar, start with bluegrass. Now I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, bluegrass, just like any other form of guitar, is its own art form. You know, and uh, you know, you just can't sit there going, boom, ding, 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 You know, I mean, there's so much more to it that than that. And you hear these bluegrass-based musicians, some of the finest acoustic players I've ever heard in my life. Guys like David Greer, who yep. lives in Nashville and is a yep. great guy, and Brian Sutton. Yep. These guys are masters of their instruments and they are every bit as awesome as the Jimi Hendrixes and, uh, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan's. It's funny too, with, you know, there's so many things like that you take on. And I think it's probably true with everything you do, but, but what with bluegrass in particular, it's almost like there's, there's level after level after level after level. Like you, 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 you put your toe in the water, you learn a couple of quote unquote bluegrass tunes, you know, to sit around and sing with your friends or whatever. And then, then you start getting into some of the, the subtle picking and it's like a rabbit hole that literally it's amazing. never the the flat ends. picking thing has me enthralled yeah. I do a lot more of that than anything else especially at home I have a couple friends that I flat pick with um I uh, and there's a million old fiddle tunes to learn to flat pick and some are intricate as all get out and some are relatively easy yeah um 
but it is it's truly an, a beautiful expression of guitar. You know, you guys listen to guys like from all the way from Doc Watson all the way up to David Greer. Yeah. And to me, it's just gorgeous. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, my brother-in-law is a pretty accomplished flat picker. Yeah, yeah. I've heard him. And, and your sister, right? Right. Yeah. They Gorgeous harmonies, too. Yeah, no, they're great. Do they, yeah. have, a, do they have a band around? They, you know, they, or do they they've got where well? they play around now that both the kids are in school, but music's always been part of both their lives. But, uh, you know, their daughter, Molly, mm-hmm. is living in Nashville oh, cool. now. And, and she's been playing out. She's been bit. playing out, yeah. Yeah, she, she's got she, a, you've shown me some videos. Yeah. She's got a gorgeous voice. Yeah, she played the Bluebird. Yeah. And she opened for somebody the other night right. with a couple of songs. So it's good, yeah. So it's all good. We didn't get around to talking about our thing, Grant, but we're going to save that. We, yeah, I think we'll, yeah. we'll spring it upon the, the, I, the, the, I, the main, general public. The main so. reason I don't want to talk about our thing yet is because I just don't feel like dealing with all the T-shirt orders. Exactly. You know. You know what I mean. And, and the endless, endless phone calls for gigs. Oh. You know, it's it. it, it, it yeah, you, where you know, are you, y'all? Where are y'all? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Plus, I got to have my nudie suit made. Nice. That's going to take a little. You're going to put Morrissey on your nudie suit? Yeah. Well, something like that. He might that. sue you if you do. No, I think it's just. I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to go with. I can't decide whether I want to do that thing where I do the. Where I make the suit out of uh, LCD, the uh, LE, you know the the, nice. the the you know the the screen material, and then wear a camera on the back of my head so that the the what's behind me is projected on the front of me, and it's just like my head's up there singing. Well, I was thinking of doing a Mita's murder theme, and then having <laughs> the uh, the butcher the butcher uh, uh, the the cow uh, butcher diagram yeah. on the back. What do you oh, think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, anything to. You know, to get his attention. But then yeah. we probably won't show up for most of our gigs. I don't think we're going to get too many gigs. Uh, you don't think so? Well, we might. You never know. You never know. What, you never know what, stick, what, what hey, sticks to the wall. Listen, you know? I've had some crazy ideas, and, and none of them none of them have taken off. So surely, eventually, <laughs> one will. This may be, this Even may a be blind squirrel gets a nut now I and then. Absolutely. Well, yeah. It's, I've never heard that before. You know, I used to have a pet squirrel. Did you ever meet him? Was he Sparky? No, uh, Junior. It was a Junior. He's the one that that at the studio in Nashville he would come up. Yeah, he used to come in, come up and have a grab a nut from you. Eventually, he'd just come inside whenever he wanted to. Yeah, so he first, ended up becoming like a relative. He was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I miss him. I miss him. He was a good guy. But he would sometimes I'd come home and he'd be like up on halfway up a telephone pole, just waiting for you. Well, squirrels don't know the difference in you and a tree. On some level, they so think just they run can, on you like you're a oh, tree. He, he just jump. He jump, man. He comes sailing hurt? down. Did he ever oh, scratch God. up? No, you well, worried about getting like a weird like disease or anything from from the squirrel scratches? No, because every time he left, I would just bathe in mercurochrome. Oh, okay, Remember, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Remember that mercurochrome? I think so. Like, it, I, you don't see that anymore. It's like I, it was like iodine, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, your mom would put it on, but it would leave it red. You know, sometimes when I want to pretend like I've had surgery, I put that on myself and walk around. People let you in line and stuff. So I'd like yeah. to get that three seconds back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can arrange that, I'm sure. Yeah, so, you're a time traveler and I all. Know, a, I know, Take us back you past that ta- one listen, bone moment. No, I know. I tried two or three times to get back to where I accidentally hit the off switch Oops. on that recorder. Didn't work. But I no, I just wasn't timing it right. I'm out of cards. That's how I know where I've been. I leave a card laying out. I'm out of card. If I see a card, I know. I'm, yeah, yeah. If it's already out, I shoot again. I just, I didn't know I'd come. You guys were in the kitchen. You were in here. It was weird. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, Grant, uh, we're, you know, I, I know we've, we've got a million things more to talk about, but 
Uh, and I think I'd like to go ahead and officially invite you back to a Nashville. Love to. You know, one of the reasons I've got, you know, we are talking about your Martin signature inside your D18. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I have the, uh, the Sigma D18 copy right. at the studio that, that a lot of people have signed that mm-hmm. have been over and the podcast people have signed and everything. And, and mine has a signature inside of it, too. Like we were saying, yours has C.F. Martin. Mine says, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, you, know, it's, you know, what are you going to do? But right. anyway, I don't know if you feel like it or not, but maybe if you want to strum us out a little too. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and I'd just like to thank everybody for being patient with uh, my um, random ramblings. But know in your heart that the reason we're doing this is because we love Fretboard Journal and we want to share that love in a way that can reach all of you far and wide across the land whenever you want to hear it. So thank you, Grant, for joining me. And uh, we're going to let Grant play us out. And uh, this is James A. Wills reads Fretboard Journal. I'll see you guys 